Welcome everyone to Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and tonight is very cool. Not only are we going to be talking music, like we tend to do on the show, but I am also going to talk about a lot of topics with my guests that we normally don't get to speak about. So without further ado, let me introduce via phone Rob Bailey of Kill Rob Bailey. Rob, how are you doing tonight? Good, man. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. How was that official intro, that radio intro? Did that work for you? No, it was a really good intro. I'm very impressed. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Very impressed. I've been working so many years to get that right, so I'm glad, I'm glad that worked. So, man, we talked a little bit off air. You know, we went over what we're going to be doing. But in general, how are things going for you today, you know, specifically? Specifically today? Yeah. Anything going oh, on? Man. Every it's like a roller coaster. Every day is a roller coaster, but but overall good. Okay. I wouldn't say great, but good. Good. Yeah. And I wouldn't expect you to have great days all the time. But I guess <laughs> the, I guess the main thing, and I, it's gonna sound like a really dumb question, but after you know listening to your music, you know going through what you do on a regular basis, I just have to really ask: Do you ever sleep? Uh, yes. I actually got a watch now. <laughs> because I'm trying to run a uh, a sub five minute mile. Damn. Okay. So I'm sort of getting banged up because I'm a little too heavy for it. Um, <laughs> so I got a watch now that tracks everything, and it looks like, on average, a night I lay down five and a half hours. Okay. But I don't really I don't sleep the whole time. But all right. You know. I would have guessed. I would have put you in the thirty minutes at best. So you're at Ooh, least that's... getting. Yeah, you're getting five <laughs> hours more than I thought you would. That's the old Rob Bailey. Uh, this, I, I turned 37 yesterday. Oh, uh, congrats. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Me in my late 20s and early 30s, yeah, there was, there was times when like, it was just like, well, no, I didn't sleep yesterday. No big deal. And somehow I was able to do it. I'm, I'm not able to do it as well anymore. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, let me, for anyone that might not know you, when you say you're a little bit too heavy to get to that you know, less than five-minute mile, you're not talking about fat you're not talking about that it's got to be muscle right that's what you're talking about uh it's a mixture okay <laughs> <laughs> it's a mixture um but yeah i'm 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 actually down I've, I've been pretty my lightest has been 250 but i'm actually down uh to like a 237 right now damn all right which i haven't i mean it's been ugh, i don't know 16 years since i've been this light wow yeah damn wow well i mean Going through all the things that you've done, and we're going to get to a lot of it, I'm sure. I'm just going to have you list all the companies that you've done work oh with God. and all that kind of I stuff. Yeah, we'll be here for three hours. But I, I just want to check. What One thing I want to make sure about, though, is this is something a little bit new that I've seen from you because it does seem, you know, you do a lot of workouts, you do a lot of exercises, but this whole sub-five-minute mile thing is a little bit surprising. So what, like, what led you to want to do that? Um... Let me think. So I, I changed up my training. Uh, for anyone doesn't know, like traditionally, my wife's a bodybuilder. Right. I guess is what you would call her. Um, I've done bodybuilding my whole life, training for sports. Right. And I just, dude, I've been getting so beat up that I changed my training to more athletic training, like performance-based, explosive stuff. Um, I don't know, maybe like eight months ago, and I started to feel really good. Oh, okay. And I don't know if I got bored with it. But I felt like I didn't have a goal, and uh, I just wanted to set like a really outrageous goal for myself. So, 
I gave myself a timeline of six weeks and I said within the next, or at the end of this six weeks, I want to run a four something mile. So I'll pro- I'm hoping to get like a 455. Wow. Um, okay. We'll see. So now we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this, you know, with COVID and how that's changed everything. Has that given you more time or less time to work on what you want to work on? So I live in Montana. Right. So I, I'm, I'm pretty limited anyway. Like I've already <laughs> uh, set my life up so that like I have a private gym. Uh, my offices are under control. I have a pretty limited staff so we can socially distance. We never s- shut down Ah, okay. just because I don't believe in, I'm one of those guys like, Hey, this is America. I don't believe in that. Um, gotcha. so, you know, we allowed people to work from home, but then like my main crew stayed at work. So nothing really changed other than my travel. I used to travel, I don't know, three days out of the week for random things. Sure. So the biggest thing I've noticed, I've just been home more so I can just fall into a routine, which is really, really nice. Right. So I, I guess long story short, I've had a little bit more time, I guess, because of the routine. Okay. From what I've seen, you've got to be good at planning out. So when you said, you know, you're dropping weight, you're realizing, you know, you want a six week goal period, you've got every single one of those days planned out, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I hired a coach. Um, my coach, just because, you know, there's mornings that I can't wake up at 5 a.m. and then go say, hey, I'm going to run five miles or run sprints. I just, sure. I know that I can't do it on my own. So I've allotted a little bit of money for a coach. Huh. And uh, yeah, he, I, I have to do it first thing. So I, I wake up at 5, yep. um, out of the house by 5.30, on the track by 6.15. Um, and then the rest of the day happens after that or else it would never happen. Ah, okay. You're not one of those people that can push things off. But I would assume with with weightlifting and bodybuilding, you probably had to do that multiple times a day throughout the day, right? Yeah, I mean, I do. Oh, my coughing machine is going off. <laughs> Sorry about that. No problem. Um, I've got like an automatic espresso machine here that oh, nice. is apparently doing whatever it wants. <laughs> um, no, that was only once a day. Um, oh, really? Okay. Once again, yeah, I'm not a professional by any means or anything like that. I just do it to stay healthy. So that was just more or less like a once a day thing just to keep myself moving, stay in shape. And and, and because I like it, it yeah. uh, helps me out, I think, a lot mentally. Just that once a day, like little break from the world and right. doing my own thing. Okay. Now, you always seem to really put out a very positive, motivational kind of um, expression to yourself. So yeah. With this, you know, less than five minute mile, how much of you knows you're going to be able to do this? Oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah, I don't have any, <laughs> I don't have any doubt. I actually, uh, so my social media, you know, same thing with everybody's social media, but like, I don't get that much negative anymore on my social media. That's sort of wow. like worked its way out. I feel like I used to get a lot of negative, but I guess those people just gave up. Oh, good. Okay. And uh, so generally everyone's positive, but. When I announced this six minute or this six week mile challenge I was doing, mm-hmm. I did get a lot of DMs from actual runners, like people that do this. Yeah. And they sort of said, like, hey man, I don't want to comment on your social media like publicly because I don't want to like be negative, but this isn't really like a realistic thing. And I'm saying it as a friend, like you should extend your time. Like it should be like sort of like a, a four month or five month goal. Ah. Um but I like being really unrealistic. Like I like, I like holding myself to like a really high standard and, and, and then having that, that confidence to back it up. And, uh, you know, I, half of it's convincing yourself you can do something. So right. I don't know, I'm convinced I can do it. There you go. 
Well, now <laughs> I got to ask before we're obviously going to move on to music and a lot of other stuff, but yeah. for this particular run, how close have you gotten? Um, okay. So I just turned 37, Tw- 20 years ago when I was 17, you know, just a, a kid having no idea what he was doing. <laughs> um, I ran track a little bit. Okay. I didn't take it serious, but I ran it a little bit when I wasn't playing football and I ran a 433. Wow. Okay. So, and I just, I paced the kid, the, the kid in front of me was really, really good. He ran a 428. So I just paced him and I could always sort of run in the high fours, but that's another reason I realized that 20 years ago, I did, I did something like that. Right. So I haven't ran it in 20 years. Um, my baseline mile, I ran three weeks ago and I, I ran a six flat. Okay. All right. So That's I'm not good. too far, I'm, you know, yeah. a minute and two <laughs> seconds, I guess, but right. we'll see. All right. That's very cool. Well, I hope you're able to do it. I think with that, Thanks, with man. that kind of spirit and everything, it does seem like you're going to get there. I think so. Yeah. 100%. From everything yeah. I've seen, it seems like you hit your goals. So I'm going to, I'm going to bet on you on this one. Thanks, that's, yeah. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, look, I love talking about running. I used to run a lot. I used to do, I think it was early high school to post-college. I did 10 miles a day. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So my, my running, and that was all for soccer, for basketball. Those were my main sports. And yeah. I, I never had the goal of breaking a certain, you know, amount of time per mile. My whole thing was I just wanted to be able to run with no issue. Yeah. So I reached my goal of going ahead and running a lot. So I appreciate talking about that with someone because I don't do you still go ahead. Sorry. Do you still run? I still run, but not as much. I had four ACL surgeries from soccer. Ooh. Yeah. So brutal. Yeah. Not exactly the same. I, I started lifting more and then, you know, playing more sports, but not to the level of intensity that I could when I yeah. had everything working correctly. That's no, always, the, that. yeah, yeah, that's always the issue. But anyways, that's, a little bit about me, but let's move on. We're going to talk some music now. Cool. So in April, you had your debut solo album come out over everything. And we're going to talk a lot about this, but I just, I'm really fascinated in the change between your previous music style to what you're doing here. Because when you were with the hustle standard, it was very, I mean, your vocals were still a little similar, but it was such a different style of music to what you're doing right now. So when did you decide you wanted to make that kind of transition? I mean, from the beginning, honestly. Um, so when did I start making, I, I started making music for a weird reason, um, which was I just needed background music for YouTube videos so ah. I could monetize YouTube videos. Okay, sure. And, and people just really seemed to like it. Um, I've been longtime friends with, with uh, the hustle standard as he calls himself. Yeah. And I always wanted to make more hardcore music just cause that's what I've grown up on. That's what I like. That's what I listen to. Sure. And he made singer songwriter hip hop and then did some electronic stuff. So when we originally came up with that sound, we just met in the middle and we were like, Hey, let's try to make a song together and see what happens. And I think that the reason that band works so well is because although my vocals were heavier it gate like i think the comment i got the most was people said uh hey man i normally don't like this kind of music with people yelling but for some reason i like this so it made it sort of palatable for him right but this is the genre that i always wanted to make i always wanted to be more in the metal scene uh or hardcore scene or you know whatever you want to call it now yeah 
And that's where I always felt at home. But I'm, I got so much going on that I could, you know, there's so many steps to get into it. There's a band, there's practicing, there's touring, there's all these different things. Right. And uh, I don't know, I've sort of come into it completely different now where it's like, I work on these projects and I, I feel a little guilty that I don't have to do the rest of the steps, but I also don't. Um, <laughs> so it was sort of weird. Like Charlie and I made music for man, like eight years together. And I, yeah. I think we still intend on making some music, but this was like a really cool side project to do without any rules or any expectations. I feel like Robbie on the hustle standard, like people expect a certain sound. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I felt pressure from this and this, I didn't feel any pressure. We just did whatever we wanted. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I guess you felt you had that extra freedom because it was more, you were out, you know, out in front kind of, would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there was really no one to run anything by. I think that uh, Hustle and I spent a lot of time in our, we spend a lot of time in our music being like, is this the right, like, uh, is this, are we saying the right thing? Or are we, uh-huh. you know, and, there was always this element of like being super alpha, being super driven and being somewhat like violent. I think, uh, let me think two albums ago, mm-hmm. you know, one of the, one of the courses, it was like ripped their fucking throats out. Ah, sure. And, yeah, yeah. uh, it was a really intense song and there's a couple songs like that. And it, I remember the conversations. It's like, is this too much? Are <laughs> we, are we going too far with like rip their throats out? Like, is that, and I'm like, well, it's figurative. And like, right, <laughs> right. Uh, but in this, we, I didn't have any of those conversations. I was like, no, we're going to do this and I'm going to make a song called fuck you. And we're just going forward with it when we would never do that, uh, on our other project. I see. Okay. So it was a little bit more, not necessarily more creative. It just gave you that freedom to say, Hey, I'm finally doing anything that I want to do. And it gives you another channel to kind of get that out. Okay. So that makes sense. Now, I mean, this is very, it's a very generic question, but I think it's very interesting in your case. So obviously with the hustle standard, you know, you're together, you're working on music. How'd you decide on this one? Because he's not working with you on this. So how did you fill in all the other parts of the band for yourself? So it actually came together really easy. Um, I had an event in Pennsylvania. Uh, It was a New Year's event. And at my, I own a gym in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And uh, Jake from August Burns Red oh, showed sure. up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like talking to him, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I really want to do like, I really want to do like a, a metal album or something." And he's like, "Oh, that's so cool. I have some really good guys you could talk to." Ah. And it was a really super casual conversation, super casual. But he followed up like two days later and hooked me up with Grant McFarlane. Ah. Um, okay. And Carson from uh, Think Loud Studios, in which they do all the August Burns yes. Red stuff. Yep, they're pretty well known. Yeah, I, I, sure. I, I oh, say no, that I don't know who knows. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that familiar. <laughs> but anytime I mention the name, people are like, "Oh yeah, I know them." Yeah, people listening to so, this show will know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Grant sent me an email, and he was like, "Hey man, um, you know, uh, Jake reached out and gave me your information, and he was like, I can produce this." this wide spectrum of music and he sent me like four different tracks and they were the widest variety of music and i was like oh this, so this dude can do anything ah okay so we had a little conversation back and forth and he said you know what are you looking to make uh and i was like well you know i'm looking to make metalcore um i sent him some of my stuff that i liked that you know you know my cadences are very like militant and choppy and repetitive 
um, which I do all for a reason. Yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we can work with this. So they roughed together some like really rough tracks, uh, four tracks. Um, him, let me think. It was him. It was Carson, CJ, and Clint, which are all guys they work with. And, and collaboratively, they all came up with like, you know, rough tracks that I sort of showed up. And uh, by profession, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer. So like, I sort of stepped in from what I saw as like an art director. Yeah. And was like, yeah, I like this sound. Drop this sound out. And it was, it was, it was very cool because as much as I can't play the guitar i know the sounds that i wanted to make and i know that things that i did like and didn't like yeah and dude they were they were fucking awesome as far as helping me through and like you know (laughs) understanding what i was talking about and of course i entered and i was like yeah i want nothing but breaks down breakdowns the whole thing (laughs) but as we started assembling i was like okay maybe breakdowns are better when they're like surprise or you expect them but it's not the entire song right right they they sort of I want to say held my hand through the whole process and really worked with me. Um, we experimented some stuff. I think the song outwork yeah. uh, w- was really stepping outside of their, like their normal zone of what they were doing. For sure. Um, let me think never fail me was another one where it was like sort of stepping outside the zone, but it, did, it worked so well together. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a really cool relationship. Still is, you know, we plan on making a second album. So, Oh, very cool. All right, that's good to hear. Yeah, that that process is very interesting. And before I, you know, follow through on that a little bit more, I did like that you brought up Outwork because I would say with Outwork, that's probably the closest to your previous music. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? And I just wonder, just for, you know, the the musician in me and, and listening to so many albums, was there a reason why you decided to end over everything with that track was that was that designed on purpose to show hey i still got my roots there or was that something you know completely different yeah no that it, it, it wasn't to really represent my roots honestly the song outwork like we did and i knew people were gonna love it and i was like i, w- I was sort of bummed out because it sounded so much like my my other ah. uh music sure and I put it at the end because I wanted to make sure that if anyone listened straight through, they, they would listen through the entire album before they would fall on that track. Aha, uh-huh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't uh, like to pay homage to my roots or anything like that. It was more, I I wanted to like put it as like, I don't want to say secret song at the right. end, but like <laughs> if they if they listen to the whole album, it's like okay, cool. I know you guys are gonna be most familiar with this. Yeah, and that's that's why I threw it there. Yeah, and if you had if you had made that like your first single or something like that, people wouldn't have expected to get the exactly. album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's very different. I I like the placement there because I thought Thank you. yeah, that was an interesting take on it for sure. And I do wonder too. So you did 10 tracks, you know, front to back. There's no filler, and I think I know the reason why, but we'll talk about that in a second too. But was there a thought in your head of maybe we don't do outwork Maybe we put something else that's more in line with the metalcore, metal vibe, you know, to really put everything at 10 tracks and then add outwork at the end of that. Um, I mean, there, there was tons of different plans. And I think the main thing is uh, this isn't my full time job. Oh, yeah. You know, no. this is I don't I, I really enjoy this, but I really enjoy a lot of things. So, I mean. I think I have, I'm starting like three new brands before the end of the year. Um, so I'm, I'm up to 10 companies. It's gotta with, be I'm going to be, yeah, 13 by the end of the year. So 
if I like doing something, I do it. But one of my one of my downfalls is I'm not 100% in everything. So okay. I start out really strong with this album, and then the the original plan was. I want to bring my normal fan base over to it, but I knew a lot of this would be a little bit too heavy for them. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to do a bunch of remixes. And uh. I wanted to do six remixes and then put them all out and have this be a 16-track album. Okay. Um, but we just we couldn't, we couldn't pull all the remixes together in time for this album. And I felt like I was dragging my feet. So we did the two singles, released it, and now the remix uh, songs are going to be released in the next few months to sort of breathe life back into the album. I see. Yeah. That's yeah. a smart way to do it, especially with the album coming out during, you know, the COVID and pandemic and yeah. everything that, that definitely had an effect. I mean, talk about August Burns Red. I had Matt Griner on the show. It was like right after COVID hit. And I was talking to him about their brand new album came out at the same time. And that changes the dynamics of what you're going to expect for people listening, what they're going to purchase, yeah. all that kind of stuff changes. So did you guys go through any of that kind of process of maybe we should hold off or? So I wanted to get a little more content like, um, you know, Spotify. I, th I think Spotify is my big one. And yeah. Yeah. on Rob Bailey and the Hustle Standard, we have, I don't know, dude, a, a million subscribers or something like that. Yeah. Or it's, it's monthly listeners. Yeah, yeah. So that gets... I mean, that gets attention. Like if I release a single there, like it's in everyone's face, it, it gets attention. And I, I, this is almost starting as a whole new band. So I was worried about that and I was going to wait longer um, and, and create more hype and try to do more music videos. And I just felt like I was dragging my feet with it and, oh. and planning too much. I hate over planning things. So we decided just to release it. The biggest thing that I noticed is um, one of the reasons that my music does so well streaming is because people work out to it. Yes. Right. Which that's why I make everything so repetitive. Because yeah, I, yeah. When you're, when you're training, I feel like complicated lyrics, the more you can fall into that groove, um, I feel like the better it works. So I've always wanted to say like very repetitive. My choruses come around a lot of times. Yep. Um, I, I don't overcomplicate things. I stay very positive. Um, a lot of my stuff's like, hey, I'm a king screaming from a mountaintop and I cannot be defeated. It's yeah, <laughs> like the right, general gist. Right. <laughs> and that I want everyone to feel like when they listen to my music, I want them to, if they, if they can buy into the message, I want them to feel like a superhero. Yeah. And a lot of people put this on workout playlists. So where, you know, you get, I, I, I don't know, um, you know, like Purple Rain, for example, is a song you might listen to that like once a month on a weird playlist when you're in that mood. Sure. But the, the cool thing here is if you get a song like Heartbeat, you're like, oh man, that's my that's my jam. I yeah. work out to that. Right. So I get that play every single day that's when smart. people work out. Yeah. So that happened not by planning. It just sort of happened. And it was this cool thing where it's like, oh, I like streaming, you know, where a lot of people don't like the streaming platforms. I like it because I'm guaranteed plays every single day. Exactly. The problem is gyms are closed. Yes. Right. So I think that undercut my numbers huge. Uh, I'm hoping and I, I, we're going to start putting out a lot more content now that gyms are opening back up. And I, I hope that I can be added to all those playlists. Yeah. Right. And uh, my numbers can sort of go up. But I, I think where I know it hurt August Burns Red as far as traveling and touring and all that stuff, because that's how they promote. Yeah. Um, you don't have to it, worry about I, that. 
no, I don't have to worry about that, but I got hurt that it's not ending up on gym playlists because people aren't working out at home. And when you're working out at home, I mean, it, it's not that intense. You're like lifting soup cans and doing pushups. So, <laughs> you know, I think people just watch Netflix while they do it. So yeah. I'm hoping that in the next month or two, when gyms open back up, I'll get like a resurgence in this album. So yeah, that's the, that's the hope. I could see that for sure. And I got to tell you, I take no offense to what you said, but I will, I will be a differing opinion. I work out harder when I'm at home for some reason. Really? Yeah, and I have no idea why. I just, I'm doing all, so at home, the only things I can really do, I got all those P90Xs, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm trying all the intense ones I can, but I put your album on and it does, it does definitely help. It absolutely Thanks, does. Man. So yeah, you're gonna, I think you definitely will have things pick up for sure. And one thing I wanna mention too, I was going to mention, it's not repetitive in a bad way. Whenever someone says repetitive, it sounds like it's something bad. But I liked how you put it there. Uh, that was something I was going to ask as well. And another thing I want to mention was that front to back, no filler whatsoever. I would assume that you would never put filler or an intro or an outro because I would assume that would screw up your streaming and that would screw up someone's flow if they're listening to an album for the purpose of working out. Yeah, I think if if I did an intro, um, it, it it would have to be you know composed and put together very tactfully to where people would still want to hear it and work out to it. You know, it would almost need to be one of those like inspirational yeah. speeches, motivational. Over yeah, which is almost what my music is anyway. So why yeah. wouldn't I just make a song? You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That makes sense. So. Let me focus on something really quick about your vocals. So, you know, listening back to, you know, the Hustle Standard, Rob Bailey and the Hustle Standard, and mm -hmm. going through some stuff, obviously there's a lot more production in that than there is in this, in, in Kill Rob Bailey. What yes. did you have to do differently with your vocals to make sure you were really able to fill them out? Because you have a very strong scream. So where did that come from? Did you have to work specifically for it? Um, so I, I don't know how to properly scream. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, my vocals are more like, I'm, I'm, I'm yelling as if I'm like in a fight with like my girlfriend or something. <laughs> um, I'm just yelling at the top of my lungs. Like that's interesting. Okay. And I, 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 over time I've learned to like add a little, a little more like growl or rasp to it Sure. to get like more of a desired effect. But it's always just been like, no, this is just me yelling at the top of my lungs. So I can only, you know, I can only yell for so long. And uh, I don't have the, you know, uh, yeah, I, yeah, people can do it day in and day out. I sort of bang myself up pretty good. Okay. But I also think that's why it sounds like there's so much like intense emotion in my voice is because, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm doing. I'm not, right. it's not, I'm not performing. I'm just, I'm actually yelling. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to do in this was like, I don't know, really know how to do choruses other than big chanting choruses. So uh, Grant spent a lot of time like, hey man, this is how you harmonize. And ah, okay. really let me experiment, really helped me uh, pronounce a lot of things, um, taught me how to breathe a little bit more. Um, and really, really worked with me. Uh, I laid down like sample tracks and was like, hey man, can you do this? So there's a lot of like learning curve actually in the studio, trying to get me to hurt, hit certain notes, figure out my range. Um, but that's that's where I brought a lot of it was, I've never like harmonized, I've never 
really attempted to sing choruses. Not that I was ah. singing, but I've never like held notes for a long time. Oh, okay. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So what is your, you know, just like working out, what's your recovery time then when you bang something out like that in the studio? Yeah. How long do you get that voice back? Yeah, so it it all depends. There's like a there's like a a little window where I can tell like, ooh, if I keep going, I'm gonna like hurt myself today. Oh, okay. So I, I think for straight yelling or screaming or whatever we're gonna call it, I have like a three hour window a day that I can record. Okay. So yeah, if I start at like eleven, we we normally like get ready, go through everything, lay down rough vocals, start recording at eleven, and then around two o'clock, you'd be like, "All right, man, I think I'm I'm done," and then I can come back the next day and do it again and do it again. But uh. I think with with Charlie and I, because I'd have to with, with hustle, I'd, I'd fly to L.A. We'd be like, "All right, man, we're gonna record as much as we can." So I would, I mean, I'd go over three hours. I'd be into four hours, and we'd stop and write, and then go back to it, so my voice would cool down and heat back up, and. Uh. And uh, that's that's the biggest thing that that would hurt me was you know screaming for two hours and then stopping to write I and see. then coming back and screaming again. Um, so I'm once again Grant helped me a lot with that. You know, it was our, our workflow because I'd fly out and we'd only record three days and then I'd fly home and then I'd have another day here and it was very sporadic. Like we didn't have some big glorious two week recording time. I see. So when you did that, when you're working with him and you're going back and forth. So when you were talking about picking through songs and saying, okay, I like that, you know, take out that part, let's put that part in. Did you have finalized music tracks all done and then you would go in and just record the lyrics over that? Or was it still a piecemeal between the two? Sort of, sort of. I'd, I'd say um, I'd show up, we'd have like 75 or 50% of a song done. We'd rearrange, we'd add everything. Some tracks we just would start over. Okay. Some we made from scratch. I mean, I guess looking at the track list now, it was really like per song. Like some of them I showed up and they're like, Hey man, we have this track already started. I'm like, Whoa, that's awesome. Let's go. Huh. Um, yeah. And then I, I write, uh, once again, I, I, I have so many different things going on that I have like notes and stuff in my phone, uh, song lyrics and concepts. But a lot of times we would write a track on like a Tuesday. I'd go back to the hotel. I'd wake up at 3am. I'd get on the treadmill and I'd huh. do cardio for an hour and then I would just write a song as I was on the treadmill <laughs> to the track that we made the day before. And then at 11 o'clock, we'd be recording it. That's crazy. So that's, I work really well when I'm like deadlines or something's uh, due tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So was the whole getting on a treadmill, was that because you couldn't sleep or was that part of your actual training? <laughs> that's, that's part of the process. Okay. I, I feel like it, it wakes me up. It's uh, once again, like a bunch of my cadences are very marchy. Sure. Um, I feel like I can I can fall into a really good flow, and I, I go through a lot of different like emotional, I guess like emotional zones in a tread. Emotional zones is a weird way to say it, but <laughs> just like you know, it takes me a while to get my flow, and and the treadmill is something that's always like opened up my brain a lot. Oh, wow. uh, whether it's for business or music or whatever. Wow. So then I know a lot of bands. You either can't ever listen to your music, or they make the music <laughs> for themselves. How much do you really work out? exercise, whatever, to your own music? So I, my rule is I never do. Oh, uh -huh. all people, right. I wouldn't have guessed that. When, right. when people ask me out or ask me and they're like, hey, because, you know, we'll be in a gym or like, hey, man, we should put on your album. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I I feel <laughs> like that's like old Kanye. Like Kanye <laughs> would be the one that shows up at the gym and is like, play my music. Sure. Um, 
it, it, it makes me feel a little weird. I think my older stuff, it makes me feel a little bit weird. This album specifically, uh, the thing I'm happiest about is like my wife has playlists with, um, with like all of my favorite bands on it. So I'll be listening to like just a plethora of my like throw down. And then all of a sudden like my song will come on. And I'm like, whoa, like it doesn't sound out of place. And it makes me feel really good. Yeah. So by default, I let her control the radio a lot of times and and my songs will be mixed in and it, it does feel very good. Well, I guess it's good in a way, I mean, maybe even more than a way, that she also enjoys your music because I'm sure that oh, she would be loves very, it. Yeah, she loves it, man. That would be extremely awkward. So Yeah, yeah, right. That is a very good thing. That's for I sure. Turn this off, I hate it. Yeah, that would be tough. I think that would be tough to live with. That's true. I and I know I know you've addressed this before, and I think it's very interesting as well. So you haven't played live and you don't plan on touring, but you like to do a lot of different things. So is there a time yeah. that you would say, hey, maybe I would do a one-off show where I'd play something like this? Is there a chance of something like that happening? Um, so I did, I did perform live once. Yeah. It, was, it was the weirdest. Uh, once again, I don't know who here. Bo- bodybuilding is, to me, like I'm in it, but I, I do realize how silly the whole <laughs> thing is to an extent. Sure. Um, I was in Denmark. And my wife was guest posing with a bodybuilder named Kai Green. Okay. And last minute they were like, hey man, we should do this like this couples and they should pose together and like choreograph it. Ah. And they did it the one night. And the second night they were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do that again. But how can we make it better? And they're like, ooh, Rob should perform live. Ah. I was like, well, you know, I don't, I've never done that. <laughs> um, it was in front of like 5,000 people. Damn. Um, I, I was like, I, I don't have like, uh, I didn't have the instrumentals and they're like, Oh, it's fine. We'll just, just scream over top of, of your stuff that you already have going. So I did that once and it did feel really good. It felt weird because I was like yelling over my vocals that were, I felt a little like Marky Markish. Um, <laughs> sure. it felt odd, but I would, I have a lot of friends now like that, that set up concerts and, and, and do stuff. And they're like, yeah. dude, if you ever want to do anything, just let us know. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would need to, practice obviously i don't i don't have any like moves like i don't have especially the one kind of i go to see jake all the time yeah and dude his he has like dances and oh yeah yeah all his stuff and i'm like i see him and i'm instantly like intimidated and i'm like i could i he's so good right you know right i think i need to go see some more like amateur local bands oh that would be a good idea i'd be like oh i can do that (laughs) you know no absolutely and look the thing that you might have not to look forward to, but something that might ease things a little bit too is that now, obviously, with COVID, it's changed the way most likely that live events will even take place for possibly yeah. years to come. So you might not even have to work as hard anymore because the whole landscape is completely it's different. Totally changed. When when does this release? So I'm gonna hopefully have this out by next week. So it shouldn't be okay, that cool. that terrible of a turnaround. Yeah. All right, so the contract's not signed yet, but I just purchased a uh, fitness expo called FitCon. Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, out of Salt Lake City. We haven't announced it yet. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, if the paperwork all goes bad and you go to my Instagram and you didn't see that I announced it, that means this didn't really happen. But we're pretty much we're pretty much signed in. So we bought in. Um, me and my my friend bought fifty percent of the expo, and we're here to we're here to rock out. Yep. And one of the big things is. Uh, 
we're realizing that we're buying a fitness expo that might not happen. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, they might not let it, I don't know, like they might say, you're only allowed to have 4,000 people inside the expo hall or who knows. Yeah. yeah. So that's the the one big thing is we're doing the the world's first uh, digital fitness expo. Oh, wow. Okay. So like anyone can attend from all over the world to, you know, come to this expo and we're setting it up really, really cool. Um, a bunch of the details I can't talk about, oh, but, sure. but yeah, yeah. it's, it's like, it's weird being a part of the future and realizing that like, oh no, this is going to be digital. This is like very matrix like now sure. and fully embracing it. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious where the concert scene is going to go. Cause that's like the breeding ground for COVID, right? Like, There's, yeah. I mean, they're talking about no moshing. They're talking about, because obviously the people that listen to this show, it's all music in the scene. So it's metalcore, yeah. it's hardcore, post, you know, everything. So concerts are about hitting people, about touching people. I mean, you're always packed into a room, you know, most of the time, if the band's doing well, if you're, if you've got room around you, that band's not drawing. So it's yes. important to, you know, crowd surf and, and do all that kind of stuff. And I would imagine that venues are going to have to be extremely strict with that, at least for a while. And then they are talking once again about, you know, in October or so, there's going to be another wave of things. So I'm thinking right now in, at least in Massachusetts, and I'm not sure what it's like in Montana, I'm in Boston. So we're probably not getting concerts until 2021. That's my guess. Which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's, and that's the thing. It's completely different. Montana, everything's fine. Okay. All right. That's good. I don't want to say everything's fine. We shut down for, I think, like one month. Okay. But it was just very, like, the restaurants closed. And then it was like we sort of looked around. We were like, well, we've only had 16 cases or something like that. And everyone was like, I guess we'll just open back up. Yeah. And I, you know, I flew to Salt Lake last weekend. They were sort of the same. Everything was happening normal. But, you know, I have a gym on the East. I said that already. Yeah. But yeah. a gym on the East Coast. Um, that's got to be like, yeah. People were like, hey, man, it's it's not okay over here. Right. I've heard the same thing from friends in Boston, friends in New York. They're like, it's a completely different scene there. Now, is there anything you can talk about? Because I find this stuff very fascinating, especially going to the gym once or twice a day has been a daily, you know, it's been a routine for me for years. So yeah. I'm always wondering, in owning that gym in, in Pennsylvania, have you talked about any new type of procedures or anything that you're going to have to do to try and keep people safer now, because that seems yeah. to be the direction everyone's going. Is there anything that you have to do in order yeah. to make people do that? You know? Well, I guess we have to stay closed is For what now. they're telling yeah. us. Right. right, right. You know? Um, but once again, I, uh, this is America, I believe. So we opened the gym uh, about a week ago against everyone's orders. I'm still oh, waiting for my, okay. my phone call where they try to send me to jail or whatever they do. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> But I, so, so my frustration with the gym, and this is my frustration with everything, yeah. you know, they have 7-Eleven open so you can go buy junk food and cigarettes and all that. They have the, all the liquor stores are still open. So you can like, as if that's essential. Yeah. Right. Uh, they funnel everyone to Target. They funnel everyone to Walmart. And it, and it's the crazy thing is a gym is where else do you go that you actually like sanitize what you touch when you're done. Right. Yes. And in the gym, you do that. You pick up the spray. I mean, if you're, if you're not an asshole, exactly. but you yeah. pick up, you pick up the spray bottle, you take your towel and you wipe down the equipment. So right. what we've done in addition to the spray bottles, 
we've limited the people. It's members only, which we made all of our money on day passes. So oh, we're, we're, okay. still, we're still losing money there. Um, we didn't qualify for any government protection, which really sucks. Yeah, that sucks. Wow. So, you know, I, I still don't know what to do there. Uh, but we, we make masks mandatory. Okay. And then everyone that comes in gets their own individual spray bottle. Ah, okay. So you literally just walk around with with the antibacterial disinfectant. Yeah. Um, if you don't have one, we we scold you, I guess. <laughs> and then we moved all the equipment six feet away from each other. So. Oh, okay, sure. We've also put a forty-five minute um, timeline on how long you're allowed to be in the building, and we closed down the kid zone just because that's you know another breeding zone. Yeah, I would imagine. Places, well, all the gyms, as you know, here in Massachusetts, all the gyms are closed and they've been closed yeah. for a long time. So I would imagine, you know, if there was a basketball court in a gym, like one of my gyms that I go to has a basketball court, I would yeah. imagine that would get closed down. But yeah, I, I think will, anything where you're like possibly going to be rubbing on somebody else, right? Or you can't sanitize, like you can't sanitize a basketball once you throw it to someone else. But, exactly. Right. You know, you can spray the dumbbells after you use them and things like that. I will say the one thing you mentioned there that I actually am in favor of, and I know gyms aren't because you want a lot of people in your gym. Obviously, you want to make money and you want to make sure everyone can use certain machines. But I got to tell you, I love the idea. <laughs> wow, my voice cracked there. It's been a long day. Um, I, love, <laughs> I love the idea of treadmills being six feet apart because yeah. I don't know what it is about me. But anytime I go and I use a treadmill and I look around and there's 40 treadmills and no one's on it, I get on a treadmill at the very end mm -hmm. and there are five people that get on right next to me. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same as a urinal. It's like, yeah. why, why, why don't do you it? just just leave <laughs> one between us, man? Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do you ever have you ever watched uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm at all? Yeah. Yeah. They had it recently on last season. Where Larry was making in his in his spiteful coffee shop he was making, he made these special urinals that looked really cool and they looked, you know, like sanitary and stuff. But for some reason, he still had them right next to each other and with no divider down the middle. You're okay with that, but you're not okay with possible splashback? I just yeah. didn't know where it came from. <laughs> but man, yeah, I, I don't, it's yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. It's something about people. It's I don't know why. I, and I feel like we're all on the same page. Like I talk to you about it, mm -hmm. and I talk to my other friends, and it seems like everyone I know gets it. Yeah. But then you get these people that just don't get it. Right. I don't. I don't know any of those people. They exist, though. They do. No, no. They definitely do because I'll see someone who's a stranger do that exact same thing. So I know it's happening for sure. Now I gotta. I gotta ask this because I told a story recently to someone about my worst gym experience. Yeah. And I was wondering if you, I mean, you've traveled all over, you've been to a bunch of gyms, you own a gym. Has there been anything in your time where you would call it the worst gym story you've ever had? I mean, I personally have mine. Um, Are you able to talk not, about it? I'll tell you mine. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of something fun. This one isn't yeah, fun. I just, right. I worked out with a guy the first time. I was in the UK in this like underground gym and I worked out with a guy for the first time and he was making me like really strain through my sets. And I felt something pop in the back of my head. Oh shit. Like, yeah, thinking about it now, it's like, ooh, I should have got looked at. Yeah. But like I stumbled downstairs and like wasn't okay. But everyone just thought that I had like, oh, I was just being dramatic. Huh. 
Okay. And I wasn't, and I actually like went outside cause it was like cooler outside. And I laid down in on the sidewalk, like in public. Wow. And thinking back now, it's like, man, I, someone really should have paid attention to me. And not yes. only that, I, I should have said something and been a little bit more worried, but I was trying to be a tough guy. Ah, uh-huh. sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's one better than that. Cause that's not like exciting. That's sort of just like sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you here. I'll, I'll tell you mine. Cause I told someone yeah. this recently. So it's not anything about some injury. It's nothing like that. It's actually more of like a disgusting story. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, not as bad as you think it will be, but it, it's okay. bad. So I used to go, I used to have a schedule where I even forget what type of gym it was, but I would always go over right after work, right to this gym. It was almost like clockwork. And you always go, obviously you go to the men's locker room, you change out and you go. And most of the time, unless you're in a nicer gym, the men's locker room is not going to be the best place. And I try and limit the amount of time that I'm actually in that locker room. And I think most people do, right? I would think yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. So like clockwork as well, though, whenever I would be getting chains to go out and do what I was going to do, there would be this guy, he was probably middle-aged. He wasn't, you know, super old. It wasn't like the naked old guys walking around. You know, that's a very cliche story. <laughs> this is one I've never heard anyone say before. There would be a guy fully dressed in his regular clothes, so he was like getting done with his workout, and he would be eating a can of tuna oh. with his fingers. Wait, what? With his fingers? With his fingers. So we're in a nasty gym locker room already. Oh, add, my yeah, God. Add in an open can of tuna and then eating it with his fingers. And this I legitimately was the same guy every single day for probably six months. Yeah, that's not okay. No, like, right? <laughs> I, just had, I had to tell somebody. And I was so shocked because I'm not a... I'm not afraid of confrontation and I'm okay with telling people like, hey, you know, that's not all right. But for some reason, <laughs> I, I couldn't go up to this guy. It was just so absolutely disgusting and I've never oh, seen wow. anything like it in my life. <laughs> no, that's gross, man. That's, yeah, that, I feel like gross thinking about that. I, like I yeah. can smell it right now. Right, right. I can I smell apologize. the locker room mixed with the tuna. I, I apologize for that. Wow. That intruding into your mind like that. No, I can't beat that. You win, man. Okay. You. All right. <laughs> Finally, I need to win Ugh. something. I need to win something. <laughs> well, now, all right, let's switch, let's switch gears on that one. <laughs> We're bouncing around here, obviously. I do want to know, I want people to understand what you do because you talk about how many projects you have. Tell people a little bit about some of the other uh, ventures that you're part of? Because you mentioned you're going to have three coming out by the end of the year. But besides music right now, you know, you've got supplements, you've got clothing mm-hmm. lines. What else are you doing with your time? Uh, so I have the gym. So I'm going to I'm going to forget things because I'm really bad oh, at sure. this. Yeah. So I have the gym. Um, I have the music. I have a real team leasing company. Oh, wow. Okay. So I... Cause I started buying, cause I was paying rent everywhere. And I was like, I don't like just giving, you know, this guy $5,000 for rent every month. So I started buying properties, Gotcha. which started with buying warehouses and then went from buying warehouses to buying residential properties and doing Airbnbs. So, uh, I think I have like four or five Airbnbs right now, which once again, COVID just crushed. So they're just sitting vacant right now. Right. So real team leasing. Uh, I also do vehicles through real team leasing. Oh, I have a management company. Damn. Um, I have one, two, 
I have two supplement lines. Let me think two. So I have my own supplement line and then I do uh, the business side manufacturing and distribution for two other supplement lines. Ah, okay. Uh, I have a cosmetics company. Um, (laughs) I have uh, my my wife's company. She actually does a a daily workout site where she does like personal training. Um, I own the gym. I think I said that. Yes, right. I need like a list or something written down. I mean, right there you've done multiple people's lifetimes worth of work. Yeah. So you stay yeah, busy. I'm, I'm, uh, storage. I'm building storage facilities. Oh, damn. So stor- okay. storage units. That's a new one for You're me. diversified as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, and that, when, when, for example, the, uh, when my Airbnb shut down, it's like, I'm not screwed. You know, like I still, I still have some things go. Yes. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm trying to set myself up so that no matter what, I'm going to be okay. Yes. Right. And that so, is a smart way to be. When you when you have the ability to do that, that makes complete yeah. sense. Absolutely. No, that that's that's awesome and that's how so I learned about you from your music and then okay. I went ahead and I went through and I was like, "Wow." That's why I was like, "I don't know how you get these things done with so much. I mean, you have your own podcast now. You have so much stuff." And oh, it's I, clear, I have a podcast too. I forgot about that. <laughs> and it's clear, you know, we're coming up on an hour here that you can talk that you can hold a conversation. So it makes sense that you're able to do that because you wouldn't believe how many people it's hard just to have a flowing discussion. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, we have a lot of stuff going on. I have, I have a good team with me too. Oh, good, um, okay. Like I wouldn't be able to do it without my team. Uh, so I have you know, a really strong creative team. I have a customer service team that's growing. And the big thing is I, I found out is once I you know, once you sort of figure out the recipe of a business, it is easy to start other businesses. Uh, and that's the okay. thing that I encourage people the most is it's like, and that's with anything. And that's, that's even with this music thing. And I, I, once again, I haven't got that much negative backlash, but I've got a little bit of people being like, oh, you, you think you, you can just show up with money and all of a sudden you can <laughs> be in a band. And it's like, well, yeah, that's what all the top billboard people do. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> you know, and it's once, once you figure out uh, you know, customer service and marketing and what people want and how to provide them with a service yep. um, or a product that they want, it, it just sort of translates to anything else. And if I can encourage anyone out there, once again, I, I know it's not what we're doing in this podcast, but it's just start trying things because eventually you're going to make something work. And it's, it's like, uh, it's like that meme where the, where the mind gets like woke and it explodes with like lightning bolts. It's like, yep. once you get it, it translates to anything. So where, you know, printing t-shirts and making that work, it's the same thing as real estate. It's how can I get real estate that makes sense, that gives me a return? How do I position it to make sure people want it? How do I put together an experience people want? And it's on a larger scale, obviously, but like yeah. it's all sort of the same thing. Um, and once it clicks, it makes it pretty easy to keep doing other stuff. So I have a really good team now and i'm always looking to hire if anyone's looking to be hired or has any skills email me because i need 50 more employees (laughs) there you go no i can tell you i got i have a friend who really she's a personal trainer she wants to start a gym so yes so she's working on that right now and a gym's really tough like really 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 tough i actually did a podcast i did a podcast about starting a gym oh really um Dane and I sat down. So if you want to send your friend that, yeah, I definitely um, will. absolutely, dude. It's 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 really really rough because the market is such a mess, oh, and okay. 
the biggest thing about starting a gym, it's just like anything else. It's you're not actually building a gym, you're building culture. You, yes. you need to build a movement that people get behind. That's why CrossFit's worked so well. Right. You know, CrossFit, right. you look at that, there's not even equipment. They have some like yeah. <laughs> they have some kettlebells and they have a squat rack and they're like, We have a gym. And it's like, what? What? Yeah. But <laughs> they've built a culture that everyone feels comfortable with and they they provide people with something. You know, same thing with yoga. Like yoga studios are packed and like you bring your own fucking mat. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the gym market, the traditional gym market, like a gold's gym or or anything like that, they just get undercut by Planet Fitness. And and you know, the the ten dollar a month model that these little private gyms, you can't really hang when it's like, oh, no commitment, nine dollars a month. Right. Because a lot of these gyms don't build that culture aspect. The same thing, you know, you need if you have a band and you want people to follow you, yep. or you have an apparel line, or you have a supplement line. It's about building that brand up around it. Right. That's the frustrating thing about a gym. And it's and if you don't hit that, it's just not gonna work. Right. No, no, I'll definitely I will definitely send her to that because I know she's gonna enjoy that. Well, you talk about I gotta hit on this because you talk about culture and you talk about CrossFit. What do you think about like those Spartan races or those tough mutters, like, is that anything you would ever want to do? No, I see <laughs> I, something about them for me specifically. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just me being immature, but when things are like way too mainstream or everyone's like, you have to do this. Right. Right. I just go straight anti. Like I realized <laughs> yesterday, my trainer asked me, he's like, have you seen Avatar the movie? And I was like, no. I was like, wait, good for you. Why didn't you, why I, didn't you ever I'm see just... Avatar? I was like, because everyone was telling me to, so I'm a child and I decided not to see it. <laughs> By and the I way, just, I, it was also really bad. So just okay. to let you know, well, you, cool. you didn't miss anything. I, I, I've heard everyone say it's amazing. But, wow, wow. Yeah, sorry, I know. I know. my mind is blown now. Go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's that's what I run into whenever everyone's like, you should do a Spartan race. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like I. The more people that tell me to do something, the more I'm going to run in the opposite direction. So <laughs> I see the beauty in them. Like yeah. I, I, I love the fact that it, it's a really cool entry point for people to chase fitness. But mm -hmm. if I was to do an event like that, I'd want to do something a little bit more elite. I think sure. that um, not everyone could be a part of. I, and, and I don't even have any desire to do that. Like a lot of right. my stuff is just these self challenges that I that I go after. But no, I think they're awesome. I think. That market, um, I, I think it's really, really cool. I think it's like a really exciting thing for people to do and step out of their comfort zone. So I, I think it's amazing. I, it's just not for me. No, man. That makes complete sense. I'm I'm kind of joking with a friend of mine because I always make fun of them for doing Spartan races. So I was hoping yeah. you were going to say something like that. Yeah, the, Spart the Spartan race is cool. There's some weird ones out there where they like uh, – I don't think the Spartan race does one. But there's like – you know, the Spartan race is the main one. Then there's other ones. Yeah, there's like and zombie like, races. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, though. they yeah. have like uh, barbed wire you have to crawl under with yep. like, and it's hot. So it'll like electrocute you. And I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing? Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> we're just getting to that point where we're going to be watching Running Man. Exactly. Yeah. At some point, <laughs> we're just going to get there for sure. All right, Rob. Well, I think I just mentioned to you off air, you know, we're, we're running into an hour now. So this has been really, really a lot of fun. And I think we should do this again for sure. But before that, I just want to say I hope everyone checks out the new album Over Everything. Obviously, we talked a little bit about that, plus, you know, everything else that you have going on. So that was very, very interesting. But before we go, do you have, <laughs> I'm assuming you have a lot that you'd like to plug right now, even if you're not that good at it. Do you have a way right now where people can support you? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm supported by just eyes. Like the more people that I guess follow me, the, that's all the support I need. Um, sure. Across the board, it's Kill Rob Bailey. So my Instagram's Kill Rob Bailey. My YouTube's Kill Rob Bailey. Uh, KillRobBailey.com. We, we it all links to each other. So yep. you'll you'll find the apparel line, Flag nor Fail. Yep. Run everything, everything, the Airbnbs, all that'll be through there. Um, but yeah, just killrobbailey.com or killrobbailey on Instagram. Very cool. And I will have links in the description of this episode too to make hey, it extremely easy. You. Yeah, it'll be extremely easy for people. But man, Rob, that was that was a lot of fun. I enjoy being able to not only talk music that I enjoy, but also talk about other things in my life that I enjoy as well. So you're a very interesting person and that was a lot of fun, man. Thanks, man. You're going to give me nightmares, by the way, about that guy eating tuna with his bare hands in the locker room. That I still can't really get over that. I, I, I very much apologize for that, but I am glad that for once something that I say to someone is sticking with them. So yeah, I have to, that, I have to I'm, at least I'm that. grossed out. Yeah. Seven years of podcasting, I just need something to stick. That's, man, that's for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you once again, man. Thank you so much. And everyone, go out there. Make sure you support Kill Rob Bailey. And, dude, we're going to have to do this again for sure. Awesome, man. Thank you.